What's up everyone and welcome to episode 137 of the Justin Insight podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and find out what makes them tick. Uh, I hope everyone's well, it's been a, been a minute hasn't it since we've last heard from one another or you've heard from me I should so say, uh, I hope you didn't miss me too much, um, didn't really plan on being away for the two weeks that I have been but lo and behold here we are, um, I was meant to have a episode out last week but I was just exhausted didn't have enough time to get everything together so I thought I'd give myself a bit of a rest for a change um I took a bit of a back seat and yeah but we're back now even though we are starting to wind down for the end of 2019 um so yeah uh for new listeners it might be weird me saying welcome back but I've been on tour for two weeks so for regular listeners, cheers for for sticking around with me. No, I wasn't on t- tour for two weeks. I was on tour, but I've been away for two weeks. To clarify, two week tour would be rad though. Um, but yeah, I was away with uh, good friends of mine in Punch On and new friends of mine, Avero. Um, did a little stint around the UK, which was really cool. All the shows were really fun. Uh, got to stop off at Butterfast Abbey, which, if you're involved in the UK punk scene, you'll know why that's significant. Uh, got to see Kaddish, who are rad screamer band again. Um, they were fucking awesome, inevitably. Um, but yeah, it was just a really, really good time, and it's made me realise that I want to be want to do a bit more tour managing as much as I can. Because um, you know what they say, they say do something that makes you happy. This makes me happy, so hopefully 2020 brings a lot more opportunities to do a bit more tour managing. Anyway, fingers crossed. Um, also, the plan was to get uh, some of, if not all, the members of Avero on the podcast, as well as uh, the elusive Los Clark from KD. Um, but because I was driving the tour uh, and tour managing the tour. Uh, didn't quite have a tough time to fit in, so unfortunately that didn't fall, that all fell through. So that was another reason why there was no episode last week. But yeah, as I say, we're here now. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm either coming down with a cold or in the middle of cold. I don't know what the fuck's going on with my body right now. It's all some kind of shit. But yeah, so excuse the cough and the sniffs. Sniffs, yeah. Me sniffing, I should say. Um, yeah, but as well as tour, I went and saw one of my favourite bands in Thursday uh, do their Full Collapse. No, War All Time record, sorry. I missed Full Collapse because I was knackered and I fell asleep because I'm an idiot. Um, but in my defence, that was the day I came back from tour. So I would had driven from Manchester and had been up since six o'clock in the morning. So yeah, but yeah, War All The Time was rad. Um, and then the next day went to see possibly the most stacked alternative music lineup the UK has seen in a very long time that isn't a festival. Um, so from the bottom up, it was renounced Justice for the Damned, who completely blew my mind. They were fucking rad. I know I'm saying rad a lot, but yeah, rad. Um, Loathe, who were fucking sick, and I cannot wait for their new album next year. They're a band I'm very, very excited about. Gideon, Devil Wears Prada, Malevolence, who, fuck, I forgot how good a band they are, uh, Stray From The Path, and The Almighty Not Loose. Um, 
It was just an absolutely ridiculous show. Every single band killed it, even the Devil Wears Prada, who my original plan was to go and get food during their set, but apparently there's no re-entry at SWX in Bristol, which was sick, considering you have eight bands and you're in the venue from 5 fucking p.m. Um, But, yeah, everyone just fucking killed it. But the reason I wanted to kind of mention this was more so just to to mention about Knock Loose. Like, in my eyes, like, they are the biggest hardcore band right now and this show just cemented that like i think it was a like between 1200 1300 cap venue everyone was just fucking hyped for them the new songs sounded incredible um and they just look absolutely in their elements so yeah they are fully taking over the world at the moment um and i just kind of want to see where they go and what they do next and I've been privileged enough to see them, photograph them a couple of occasions now. So, yeah, looking forward to, to them guys just completely owning the alternative music world. Um, I've rambled on way too long. Um, but it's nice to catch up, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, let's get on to this week's guest. And I am joined by vocalist and bassist of Crossover Thrashers, Red Death, Chad Troncoli. Uh, during the discussion me and Chad talk about how his musical lineage started with the harmonica um, how he owes a lot of what he and Red Death are doing now to the Cro-Mags and how there's kind of now this like thriving crossover scene which kind of was birthed with bands like Red Death and Power Trip Um, so yeah please sit back enjoy the chat I have with Chad and I'll see you on the other side Uh, joining me this week on the Justin Insight podcast is bassist vocalist for Red Death, Chad Troncoli. Chad, thank you very much for taking some time out of your day to have a chat with me. Uh, how is everything in your world? Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, everything's good, man. Just chilling, can't complain. New records almost been out a week, so pretty, pretty excited about that. Can't complain. Oh, I guess that's kind of a, a perfect place to kind of start. Obviously, new records out, like, are you kind of glad that it's kind of done dusted it's out in the world now how are you feeling with it at the moment yeah i'm glad it's finally out in the world you know from signing with the label knowing that's going to be a thing then writing these songs and realizing like we're not half-assing it at all we got yeah. some good music in our hands and finally recording it realized we did good there too so to just finally have it out people be able to consume it's awesome and i know it's only kind of been a week or so but what's kind of the initial sort of reaction been to it it's been positive. It's been positive. People like it. People think it's good. People think we found our, our, our group, which is cool. Uh, a lot of people like my vocals. A couple people don't. <laughs> but that's going to happen. That's yeah. going to happen, and I don't even care. Like, I just read some, like, Italian review where they were like, mediocre vocals, Robert. I'm like, all right, whatever, man. <laughs> it's like, all right, let's see you do better, buddy. <laughs> no, no, it's been great, though. It's been fun. People like it, so that's cool. That's cool. Well, as I said before, kind of we recorded, the show is called Just an Insight. I always like to take my guests back to their, their roots and their origins, so to say. So how I like to, to open things up is what kind of got you into alternative music? What was your first introduction to it? Um, well, it's punk, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I remember when Green Day put out Warning. 
I, I don't know why, but my parents got that CD. I know it's like not most the most punk ones, very like acoustic based and stuff. But I remember listening, but like, oh, that's kind of cool. I, I kind of like this. And then I remember there was like a immediately, it was like a week later. This is like 2000, 2001. Like a week later, there was like this thing on MTV. It was like Marky Ramone. They like didn't even Marky Ramone about it, but they played like a Ramones music video, Sex Pistols, Clash, Green Day, and a Rancid video. This was five bands, and I remember being like, "This is awesome. Yeah. This is what I've been looking for. I didn't even know I needed something like this. I was like, <laughs> this is what this is what I've been looking for. So definitely got into alternative music through punk and through that. Uh, then I. Like once I got into high school, that led me into hardcore, and from there, like getting into hardcore got me to Cro-Mags, and I started being like, you know, I think I'm gonna fucking check out metal. Yeah. <laughs> so it just, it just it literally just went like that. It all just starts with punk and Green Day, really. Yeah. So I guess kind of like going off from you mentioned like the Cro-Mags there. Is that kind of like where you started sort of discovering like the bands that I guess are kind of a bit more of a similar ilk to, to what you guys are playing now? Is that kind of where that sort of foot is first birth? Oh, absolutely. That, like, I don't think I would have understood, or I probably would have at some point, but I don't think I would have understood Ride the Lightning or, like, Rain and Blood or, like, any record like that when I checked it out if I hadn't heard the Cro-Mags first. Yeah. Because, like I said, with from punk and writing the punk, I went to, like, Minor Threat, Bad Brains, Negative Approach, SSD, like, right off the bat, like, the first wave stuff. And from there, let me write the Cro-Mags. I mean, I feel like Cro-Mags is a perfect blend of punk and metal. Yeah. And I think, like, if you understand Cro-Mags, you'll understand either side of that coin. So, I, I, contr- I, I definitely, uh, I, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? I owe that to the Cro-Max, that's the word I'm looking yeah. for, they're, they're, they're the reason. And obviously you guys have, have shared a, a stage with, with them recently, so that must have been kind of a, a surreal sort of experience for yourself. Oh yeah, that was great, that yeah. tour was great, every show was cool, getting to watch them every night, they're cool. Harley's like been a big fan of the band, I know he doesn't really like many new bands, but we're like the one where he thinks we're the, the shit, so it's like, <laughs> I can't complain about that. No, no. <laughs> it's like, that's awesome. That's but cool. that dude, like, my my playing style and everything, kind of way I approach just even living life, just inspired by him and the shit he's been through and making me appreciative. I don't have to do anything near that. So yeah, it's cool yeah. that that dude is, like, that guy is the guy that's like, oh, yeah, I'll ride for you guys. I back you guys. So that's, that's cool. cool. I mean, that's cool, man. Hell yeah. And then in terms of kind of sort of your own sort of, like, personal discovery in sort of music and things like that, obviously doing bass and, and vocals in, in Red Death but what, what was your kind of first in was was it playing bass was it doing vocals what what was your first sort of musical instrument of choice um probably uh, uh well I always wanted to be a drummer okay. my parents wanted to give me a drum set so I think my music my first music it, musical instrument was just the world anything I could create a drum beat on I just smack the table <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I had a, I had like a harmonica when I was a little kid and I had a, a pair of bongos I used to love to smack the bongos you know but for Red Death it was guitar for okay. sure my parents got me a six string guitar when I asked for the drums to set they were like no we'll get you a guitar that's my sign <laughs> that's my requirement and honestly I didn't know a power chord until I was like 17, 18, and I got my guitar when I was like 12, 13, so I used to play it like a bass, the six okay. string. Okay. 
So I guess it's kind of like I'm a bassist. I just didn't have the bass. I had a six string. Yeah, yeah. And then in terms of kind of, because I know obviously you're you're sort of DC based now, but where, whereabouts did you grow up? I'm from uh, the Southern California, like the Los Angeles area. Okay. I'm from all, all, all my family's like pretty much from around there and stuff. So, because the re- the reason I ask, because I always find it interesting, especially when I'm speaking to people from the states. Obviously, with the states being such a vast country, they have kind of regional sounds and regional scenes and things like that. So, were you kind of part of that sort of punk scene in California, or was that not until you got to DC? No, nah, I was in the punk scene for sure. Then I went into the hardcore scene, and I met people from the DC hardcore scene and realized we really clicked and vibed. And I'm being a fan of hardcore. You know, knowing that, I mean, like, the origins, like, Mecca is DC, you know, that's where it all started, pretty much, Bad yeah. Brains, and Minor Threat, and what have you, the whole Discord thing, so, that made me want to come check it out, and realizing people here are more, uh, artistically weird. Right. A, a, a crossover thing would have done pretty good in California, definitely, but I feel like it, it does even better in DC just because it's, like, not so much of a crossover scene. Yeah. So we're kind of like a unique entity in that, if you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, there's not much else, and it hasn't been, there pretty much hasn't been like a crossover thrash and metal punk band in the area, you know? We're kind of like, well, damn near the first one, kind of. Yeah. But like, um, when you were sort of growing up, like in, in sort of uh, California, were you going to like shows there, or were you sort of, was it later in life? Oh, no, I was going to shows there for sure, definitely. I was going to a lot of punk shows, like, seeing, like, you know, D.I., seeing, like, you know, Dr. No, seeing, like, the Circle Jerks, Adolescence and stuff like that. I was going to shows like that. Yeah. So, because the re- reason I ask is, I don't know, for, for me, there's always kind of, like, that turning point where it's for all fine sort of, like, listening to records and stuff, but when you finally see something live and you kind of think, oh, that's the point where I can jump in and, like, you realise, oh, this is something I can be doing. So was there kind of ever that moment for you that, like, you were at a show and you thought, oh, I, I could make a band, I could be in, in this sort of style of music? Honestly, my very first concert, uh, going back to a band I was talking about earlier, Green Day, like, the last day of the American Idiot Tour. I mean, it was huge. It was, like, at the Home Depot Center was huge, but I remember being, like... I could, I think I could do that someday. Yeah. I could do that. That'd be cool to do too, but I think I could do that. <laughs> you know, it's like that kind of vibe. Now, I haven't done that yet, but I'm working towards <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I'm, I'm working. And then in terms of kind of your sort of, you said sort of like picking up the guitar and, and things like that. So when did you sort of start to, to dabble into sort of playing music yourself? Like, what were you kind of going straight into the punk bands? Were you sort of in co- like high school, college bands? Where where did that all start from? Definitely punk bands. A lot of punk bands where you jam in the basement and either do covers or maybe write your own couple of own songs, but we never played beyond that. It wasn't until really I got into like hardcore that I was in bands that actually would like tour and and, and stuff of the like, you know. Yeah. So so was were there kind of any like first bands of kind of note or or not really as much? Yeah, there was a band that used to be in called Soul Search. I yeah. played on the demo, and like we played it quite a bit. I never played that much in my life when I was in that band. I was only in for a year, but I hadn't played that much in my life. And we did a tour and stuff, so that was like a total eye-opener for me, because I was a goddamn idiot on that tour. I didn't know my, my, my ass from a hole in the wall. <laughs> 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 it, was, it was good. I got that over real quick. <laughs> now, now I go on tour, I'm like, all right, I know what's good. Yeah. yeah. 
So we we you just yeah, soul, soul search, say, definitely kind we, of helped me break in. So were you just doing vocals in Soul Search? Nah, I was just bass. Oh, okay, I was cool. Actually, I was just on bass. Yeah, I was just on bass. I didn't start doing vocals for Red Death. Right. Okay. And so, I wasn't even supposed to sing in Red Death. I was supposed to play second guitar. Oh, okay. On the first practice, I was on guitar. So how did that all come about then? Just didn't have a singer, and like I, I, I think. We had jammed, some roommates, we had jammed one day in the basement, and I sang on the track, and everyone was like, whoa, <laughs> like, you, <laughs> you should sing in the band, and I was just like, eh, I don't know, and then, like, kind of read that being like, you should sing in this band, you should give it a shot, those vocals are cool, and put down the vocals, and people being like, whoa, you sound like that, that's cool, and I was like, oh, I guess people like it, because people like <laughs> it, so. <laughs> so I guess we should keep going with that. So, was kind of like, doing vocals never something that you particularly had kind of had had any sort of aspirations to do? Was it just a, a kind of matter of fact that you gave it a go and it's kind of stuck? Yes and no. I was supposed to, uh, after I left Soul Search, actually the guitarist of Soul Search, Aaron, we were uh, working on a band that was like negative approach, like worship. Right. And uh, uh, he wanted me to sing, so I would, I would drive to his house all the time and I would sing along to like the negative approach, like live at the Greystone Theater set from like 82 and stuff and like really just trying to get a voice like that and then that happened I just fucked it off but I think because of that I worked on I, I, I really it was like working on something that, that never came to fruition but it worked out in the long run because then when it came time to do Red Death and I busted out what I'd work on everyone loved it so so it's kind of yes and no is definitely the answer it's like I, I didn't know I was working on it or aspiring to be that but I guess I was I yeah yeah and then just to kind of backtrack a little bit obviously you said kind of playing bass in, in Soul Search. So how did that kind of all come about? Because as you, you mentioned before, like sort of starting on guitar. So how did the elevation from going guitar to bass to then going out on touring in a band playing bass, where did that all come from? Uh, well, the Soul Search thing was just they needed a bass player. And I told them I could play guitar, and I, and I, I play like a bass, so I could play bass, but I don't have any equipment. And then the singer Omar and our, and our Rudy Rudy, they're like, Bullshit, prove it. I was, like, oh, oh. I was like, okay. Like, literally, I played Age of Coral by the Chromax front to back, like right there in the garage. I literally just played it through. I was like, I was like, this is world peace. This is show you no mercy. This is malfunction. I was like, here's Seekers of the Truth. And they're just like, all right, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> so they really just played Chromax. All goes back to the Chromax, man. So, so was it literally like then and then kind of, I guess, even if you didn't have a bass, was it just a case of scrambling around for the equipment then? Yeah, literally, it was just that, just just being a total moron and not understanding equipment and you need gear and you need equipment and shit like that, you know? Now I get it. Oh, yeah. I get it now. That shit breaks the goddamn bank, and I understand. <laughs> then, then I was like, borrowing bass, man. It was like, I was borrowing a pick and a cable. Like, I was a bum. <laughs> and I was then... probably terrible to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> and then, kind of... You mentioned like Soul Search kind of being the first band that you sort of went out on the road and toured with, and kind of that sort of learning experience. But like, when you first sort of doing that, did you kind of have any expectations of, of what it would be like to be in a touring band, and, and were they kind of met at all, or did you just kind of take it for the ride it was? Take it for the ride for sure. Yeah. I didn't know I could even like the fact that I've done multiple tours now, where I'm in Red Death and we're touring. And we like I said, done multiple tours. It's like I never would have even imagined that that would be a thing. I couldn't like vision such a thing, you know. Yeah. So then, if we kind of move on to to Red Death, how did yeah. you guys all kind of 
come to, to meet and how did the band actually come to, to form, so to say? So I was living in D.C. I had just moved to D.C. It was like almost about a year. And uh, it was, there, there was this festival in D.C. called Damage City. It's like a punk festival. Yeah, 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 I'm aware of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so the first year, there was a band from Raleigh called Double Negative that played. They had a fill-in drummer, and it was Connor. And I remember looking at my roommates in Washington, he was fucking destroying the drums. Like, little, little kid destroying the drums. We were looking at each other like, are you, are you seeing what I'm seeing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of sounds like it but like what when you kind of started sort of putting the embryo embryonic stages of red death together was it always going to be sort of thrash crossover because it sounds like that's kind of where you were leaning right right from the start yeah it was definitely supposed to be like crossover but we were more rooted in the hardcore then right like we were much like we're still rooted in the hardcore i'm still always going to be a hardcore guy but i think i was definitely much more of a hardcore guy then like nowadays, I listen to a lot of metal and, and, and different things. And I was playing the metal scene and stuff like that. But then it was like everything was hardcore. Yeah. I was listening to hardcore. I was dressing it. I was it was everything. And but obviously, like in crossover and, and like in metal, that played into it. I think now we found a really good groove with it, though. We've kind of grown and realized what what can stay and what could go. You know. Yeah. And then sort of, I guess in that times, because obviously around the same time of uh, I don't want to make the comparison but obviously people kind of lump you two together but you and Power Trip were kind of coming up around the same time sort of thing so I don't want to say like it's a, some weird kind of conspiracy but was it just pure coincidence that you were both doing a crossover sound and kind of were coming from the same sort of scene that you your sort of careers have kind of run parallel yeah Honestly, I don't mind that people compare us to the Power Trip because I, I, one, I don't think we sound like Power Trip. I think we both have our own styles. Yeah. But two, like, they're the band from our scene to do other than us what we're doing. Yeah. And they are huge now because of it. They are so damn popular because of it, and rightfully so. I've been following them since the demo, so it's very inspirational to see them stay humble and get gigantic, if you will, you know? Yeah. And then. But it wasn't. It wasn't so much of trying to do that. It was more so 
oh, this band can do it. Maybe we can do our own little thing. Yeah. And I remember when I wrote, literally, right before I wrote the first Red Death Riff, I literally like said to myself, this cannot sound like Power Trip. <laughs> 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 Which is funny because like, everyone's like, every interview is like, so Power Trip. I'm just like, ah, I couldn't escape it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's not bad. I love Power Trip. They're fucking great. They're like my, one of my favorite bands right now. They're inspirational. I wouldn't say musically, but they're inspirational in the fact that, like I said, they have so many fans and they're good to their fans and they're humble and they they are very professional, but they still party and have a great time. And I love that. Yeah, I think it's great. And then obviously you, you mentioned kind of the fact that when you kind of all got together, you didn't initially have a vocalist, so you kind of took the reins, so to say. Yeah. So and obviously, I, I, like my kind of introduction was since you were just the vocalist on on standalone so to say so when was the point that you kind of dropped the guitar and then thought i need to be just a standalone vocalist uh it, it was really just the the, the demo it was when everyone kind of encouraging me to just sing to right like, you should just sing and i was just like oh well, that, i mean it makes it easier it's like it just makes it easier you have a <laughs> yeah. singer you got a guitar player it's like it makes it easier it's like you just need to get a bass player like it makes it pretty easier I mean, I think it's cool because uh, a lot of like the imagery and stuff is based around my lyrics and stuff. So I think that really helped in the long run. Yeah, it just helped build imagery. It, it wasn't just getting a vocalist; it was more building imagery and, and an aesthetic around that. Right. And then I guess because obviously this was your first sort of foray into doing sort of lyrics and things, and obviously say kind of that's now become sort of part and parcel of the the aesthetic that goes with you guys. But did you kind of find that quite easy or was it quite sort of an unusual process to go through? How did you kind of find that in the early stages? Writing lyrics? Yeah. It's, it's like easy and not easy, I guess you could say. It's, it's like, I think I'm a lot better at it now, conveying what I'm trying to say and yeah. doing it in weird, cool ways where it makes you want to think about things. But I, th- I, th- I think when we first started, it was kind of just like, whatever comes to mind, whatever I can do, just drop it. Right. And I've noticed, and I noticed too, when we play older songs now, now especially since I play and sing at the same time, that like the, my knowledge of lyrics and vocals and patterns is just so much better than then. It's kind of hard to play some of those older songs now. Okay. I just made those vocals a fucking mouthful. Essentially, it's like damn, what did I do? <laughs> now more of like less is more, baby. Less is more. Yeah. <laughs> And I guess that's kind of like, I don't want to say that you now going back to sort of playing bass as well has kind of restricted you, but has that kind of, I don't know, kind of made that decision of less is more for you kind of thing? Yeah, definitely, because just being able to juggle well, you just want to juggle it good, you know, especially because I'm, just, I'm still just freaking new to it. Yeah. So you just want to have a good balance of it. You know, you don't want to be too busy on the bass, but your vocals are shit. Yeah, and, you don't, and vice versa, you don't want to be like, like, like how I used to be, like a, a, a like a motor mouth, but your bass playing is just weak. You know, it's about, it's about finding a good balance between the two where they're both equally dangerous and getting the point across. You know. And then, if I'm I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but nah, that's cool. I I I, I got ADHD. I jump around <laughs> in my mind with the <laughs> But in terms of kind of uh, sort of you guys. As I said, like that kind of thrash, sort of thrash crossover sort of sounds kind of coming through. I think like 
obviously, as I've already mentioned, like you and Power Trip were kind of maybe the first two that got a lot of attention. And for for me, Formidable Darkness was the one that kind of got the the attention for you guys. So, like off the back of that, was there kind of like a moment for you when you kind of thought like, oh shit, people are paying attention to us and actually give a shit of what Red Death is all about. Yeah, honestly, it was, it was on that Power Trip tour we did right after that record. It was like a six-week tour. It was like Power Trip, Sheer Mag, Sheery and Us. Yeah. And like, it was on, I felt like leading up to Formable Darkness, creating it, it coming out, we were kind of like, we don't know if people are vibing. And then we went on that tour, it was like, oh, no, people are definitely fans. People are loving this for sure. And then going to Europe that summer, it was kind of like the same thing, you know, playing like Tuska Festival in Finland and stuff like that, and be like, oh damn, people are loving this. Like, well, I didn't expect that. Yeah. I guess, yeah, guess it's working. Because, you know, the set at that time was mainly Formable Darkness songs. So it's kind of like, oh shit, it's working. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, in terms of kind of, I don't know, like, your place now within sort of, because over the last couple of years, there's been a huge kind of resurgence in this sort of crossover sound. Yeah, and, definitely. And, like, there's more bands sort of coming through, and but, like, you guys are kind of one of the bands that were sort of leading the way sort of thing. Does it, so does it kind of feel a little bit strange to almost kind of be old heads in that scene, but still a relatively young band? No, honestly, not at all. I think it's cool. Because if we're the old heads, we're young. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That means, a lot, that means the future is, is bright, That kind of, if you think about it. Like, most of the, the crossover bands, uh, that's Power Trip, they're younger than us, you know? Yeah. I think, I think that's really cool. Because, you know, who knows what's going to happen to either one of our bands. If something were to happen to either one of our bands, at least there's all these young kids who might be in for the long run, you know? So, I'm not worried about it. I think it's in a good place. Yeah. And then, I guess... I don't want to kind of say you kind of had to reclaim the crown, so to such, but obviously with Now Sickness Divine sort of kind of being out there, and I don't know, like, for me personally, it kind of, I guess because it's an album that's been re- released later in the year, it's kind of come back out like, oh no, Red Death is still around, Red Death is still absolutely killing it at what they do sort of thing. So was that kind of, I don't know, was that any way shape or form in your thoughts so you kind of like okay there are all these cool new bands coming through but we're still here sort of thing if that makes sense it was not so much of that it was more so trying to just make a record where it's like we just want to establish ourselves right make a record that like there's gonna be there's all these young bands there's gonna be all these young bands and a lot of them like power trip it's like alright so what do we do that makes us not power trip it just makes us us but at the same time we can get it across like power trip where people love it you know, and vibe on it. Yeah. I was really just trying to make a record with just a Red Death record. Just wanted to make a production, musicianship, aesthetic. Just wanted to make a, just a Red Death record. Yeah. And then in terms... In terms of, like, the aesthetic, because obviously, like, the the artwork for the record is quite sort of uh, eye-catching and sort of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's kind of bleak, but, like... At the same time, yeah, there's yeah. like an element of hope to it, if that makes sense. No, but, that's exactly what I wanted that to convey, and just the record in general. That's like I want that message to be conveyed. So that's awesome. Man. That's what you get because that's what you get out of it. Cause that's absolutely what I'm trying to get across. But, well, there we go. Nail on the head. <laughs> oh, hell yeah! Well, record's been out a week. We're doing good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like, 
that's kind of what I was going to say about it because obviously like I don't know if you if you kind of look at the sort of like, the actual sort of lyrical content and the and the track listings it, it may come across quite sort of dark and demeanor but there's like I guess because it's got that thrash element to it it's got that fun kind of like oh this is there's hope sort of element to it so was that kind of the the process going into the record like that you wanted those two worlds to collide definitely because i feel like that's just life that yin and yang hope and, and not hope you know yeah optimism and you know uh, uh pessimism if you will <laughs> you know real, but i think they go yin and yang i think that's just like life i feel like everyone's got everyone gets depressive everyone can get a little down in the dumps but everyone can get real happy and, and, and feel great you know what I mean just want to make a record where you convey both of those emo- emotions but at the same time just let people know everything's going to be alright yeah as, as shit as everything might be everything's going to be alright yeah and in this record again I think it might just be the way that I've kind of listened to it but like obviously Red Death has always been a crossover band but it seems <laughs> On this record, you've kind of really leaned into the the sort of more thrashy elements to it, like with the with the dive bomb guitars, with like just absolutely riffs for days sort of thing. So, so was that like another element? That you, like, I guess as you kind of said, like wanting to write a Red Death record that established you, was that an element that you wanted to put into it? That you've still got that because I, I don't know. I guess with Formidable Darkness, there was still a lot of people that have followed you through from the hardcore world, whereas this one feels a bit more metal. Is that a fair, fair assessment? No, that's definitely, and I, I agree. This one definitely feels way more metal, for sure. Like, I feel like the most hardcore song in this record compared to Formidable Darkness is still like a metal song. Yeah. You know? But it's just because that's what we were listening to, and that's what just came out. You know, we're just listening to more metal. You know, also, I think touring and playing in the metal world and it going well I think kind of helped that trajectory too kind of made us think a little differently yeah. rewire our, 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 our shit if you will kind of just work a little differently than before keeping the metal heads in mind because it became apparent once we were touring off Formable Darkness that there's still a hardcore fan base for us but there, it's every for every hardcore fan you gain you gain like five new metal heads you know yeah so and- it was just taking that into consideration and I think I think that was another thing that like again I don't want to keep half back to it, but obviously like Power Trip still have like a bit a good sort of hardcore following, but an even bigger, oh, but like it seems an even bigger metal following, and it kind of seems like you guys are kind of in that world now as well. But I don't know, like for some reason, like with you guys, it seems to have kind of gone the other way. That like metal seems to have adopted you a lot more. Is that is that fair to say? Definitely fair to say. I've noticed it. I mean, before we started catering to the metal world, I didn't even know if anyone liked this. Right. That's the thing about hardcore. It's like metalheads, they'll come up to you, they'll tell you they love you, and they will buy everything, and they will want you to just talk their ear off, and then they will ride for you till the end of time and post about you online till the end of time. And I think that's cool. That's how <laughs> yeah. I am. You know, I'm a hardcore guy. That's how I am about bands. I mean, if I ride, I ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I, so the fact that someone's doing the same for me, I'm very appreciative of it. And then I guess to to quickly round off before I let you go, Chad. Obviously, the record is, the record is now out with sort of pretty much at the end of 2019. So I'm guessing forward thinking 
have we got much planned for 2020? Yeah, we're doing, uh, I think I mentioned it earlier in this, in, in this call, but we're doing, uh, uh, like our first ever, like, full U.S. headliner. Right. We've done tours, but never our own headliner, so we're doing that next month, which should be real cool. And, uh, locking stuff down right now for the spring and the summer. I think we're about to lock down a real cool, like, uh, week tour in June. And I believe we got a cool show, like, metal show in D.C. in April, and talking about doing some touring in March potentially Europe in the spring sometime in that ballpark so yeah yeah we're we're getting we're getting good to, ready to go we're definitely going to be on the move That's for cool. sure cool um before person we got I don't want to sit around this record <laughs> out people liking it I want to get moving. no no fair play fair play I'm bored <laughs> <laughs> um Chad before I do let you go the way how I like to end these little chats is to ask my guests um what their favorite song is but with a bit of a twist so, what's your favorite Red Death song that you like to play live, and why? Favorite Red Death song we play live, and why? Um, I think a song called uh, for, "Off One of the Darkness" called "Archangel Void" is my favorite. Yeah, it's got a real good like swagger and groove, and I really like the lyrics. I, I kind of like based them off this manga I really like called Berserk. Cool. Kind of like compared and contrasted my life and negative things with volume three of berserk and kind of being like oh i kind of relate all right yeah there is a light in the tunnel i need to stop freaking out because <laughs> yeah. like I, it's, it's like things that are happening in this manga aren't happening to humans in real life but type, that type of negative scale is definitely happening and i'm nowhere near it so it's, it keeps me humble so yeah i yeah. like that song because I, I get i get i get into that thought process when i sing and play alive and i really get into it because of that so i really like that song perfect brilliant chad thank you very much for your time really appreciate it Hey, thanks, man. I enjoy talking to you. No worries. Take care, dude. Yeah, you too. Take care. Cheers, bye. Yeah, cheers. So there we have it, folks. A massive thank you again to Chad for taking some time out of his day to have a little chat with me. Um, as always, if you want to keep up to date with everything that Red Death are doing, you can do so by visiting all their various social media platforms. Um, and also their new record, Sickness Divine, is available everywhere you want to stream music and obviously physical copies are available. Um, there won't be an episode again next week, so a very brief welcome back and then I'm fucking off again. Um, once again out on the road, this time with Envy. Yes, Envy. Fucking Envy. Um, and my good friend Svalbard who have been, once again, ever so kind to let me grab onto their coattails. Um so yeah on those short run of dates so if you're any of those come say hi um apart from that we're looking to close out the year with our annual albums of the year uh, episode which will be done with my wonderfully fantastic brother adam um also looking to do a kind of review of the year um episode but i'm just trying to pin down the people that i want to do that with which is proving a lot more difficult than i'd hoped but that being said i hope that it's still comes off because i think it'll be a cool little episode to do so yeah that'll be us for for pretty much the end of 2019 the review of the year episode might roll into 2020 but you know what you know how these things are but yeah anyway thank you for again for stopping by the justin insight podcast and i'll see you soon